Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, June 23rd, 2016, and we will resume our study of the AA Big Book at the top of page 75 in the chapter Into Action, in the first paragraph beginning where it says, when we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. Reading two paragraphs, we will end with, we feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. The first paragraph will be for context only, and we ask that you focus your comments on the second paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Amanda R., for the 12 traditions, Lisa B., and our readers of the text will be Rebecca S., Elaine B., and Rachel N. M. The reference number for Wednesday, June 22nd is 8852. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amanda R. to read the 12 steps. Amanda? Good morning. This is Amanda R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive old readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. It passed. Thank you, Amanda R. I will now ask Lisa B. to read the 12 traditions. Lisa? Good morning. This is Lisa B. in South Carolina, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest the problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph, <clears throat> excuse me, we read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers, six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the AA Big Book in the chapter, Interaction, at the top of page 75. In the first paragraph, beginning where it says, 
when we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. Reading two paragraphs, we will end with, we feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. So the first paragraph will be for context only, and we will be focusing our, I'm sorry, for context only, please focus your comments on the second paragraph. I will now ask Rebecca F. to begin reading. Good morning, everyone. This is Rebecca F., compulsive overeater. When we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. We have a written inventory, and we are prepared for a long talk. We explain to our partner that we are about to do what we are about to do and why we have to do it. He should realize that we are engaged upon a life and death errand. Most people approached in this way will be glad to help. They will be honored by our confidence. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Well, how beautiful is this second paragraph, or both paragraphs, really? Um, I'm so grateful. And Sally, if you could time me, I don't want to take the time to set it. Um, So I want to try to unpack this a little bit. First, we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Well, I would say um, my crannies were pretty dark. And that's because I pushed them down with food my whole life. So they did not see the light of day. I forgot about them, actually. I didn't even realize I had dark crannies of the past because I was so burdened down with the food and the problems that resulted from being a compulsive overeater, that that overshadowed everything in my life. And I think I had a good degree of perfectionism, and so I just couldn't see that I had done anything wrong. And I blotted it out. So um, by doing step four and uncovering, while I was sober from food and I was able to uncover and start to see and remember things from my past and to know by virtue of the prior steps in this program that I'm human, I'm not meant to be perfect, we're all flawed, it's, you know, if, uh, if I've done it and there's a name for it, then others have done it too, um, that I'm one among many, um, that I'm no different from my fellows, all of that helped me face 
my past without losing food and allowed me to get to this place of step five where I could share it with my loving sponsor who was non-judgmental and was safe and could shed light on my experiences and help me to see how my past could become my greatest asset in my ability to help others who would in the future that I would help would be going through the same steps that I've gone through. So that being said, following are what I was told are called the step five promises and that I could ask myself all these eight questions and see if doing this work with a sponsor truly these promises did come true and I feel I felt that they had. So once we have taken the step withholding nothing instead of uh, the statements, the promises, I turned them into questions. Am I delighted? Yeah, it was a big relief. Can I look the world in the eye? You know, all those secrets uh, kept me feeling less than and embarrassed and um, trying to compensate and overcompensate. But now I'm just one among many and uh, the next one, can I be alone at perfect peace and ease? I do have a sense of perfect peace and ease, and it started with this fifth step. Have my fears fallen from me? Yes, they have, because now I can trust and rely and depend on a higher power instead of my flawed, finite self. Have I begun to feel the nearness of my creator? How could I not? Having done the first five steps, I, I didn't I didn't have any nearness to a creator before. So sure, I've begun to have a nearness now. Um, I may have had a certain spiritual belief, but now have I begun to have a spiritual experience? Yes. I, I was so in the food, I didn't know from spiritual experience. And now... I'm feeling guided and loved and cared for. Has the feeling that the drink, well, in my case, compulsive overeating problem has disappeared, come strongly? Oh, yeah. I've been sober now for a while. It it did come strongly. And do I feel I am on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe? This has been the beginning of an incredible journey where I'm constantly seeing signs of God in my life and in the lives of my fellows. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Ronnie. Hello, from Melissa I heard you, Kim. Charmaine T. Amy T. Amy T., I got you, too. I'm, I'm writing names down as fast as I can. Charmaine S. Okay, here's what I got. <clears throat> now, I know I missed some. It's okay. I'm going to go back. Ronnie, I heard you first. Did I hear a Ronnie? Yep, that's me. Okay, Ronnie, you're, go- you're up first. 
I heard a few people, and then I heard Bella and Vasa, Kim G, Amy G, and Charmaine S. Who did I miss? Melissa C. Melissa C. Tina S. Melissa C. Harper. Tina S. I got you, Tina S. I got you. Harper, I heard you. Is there anyone else? Harper. I got you, Harper. Oh, great. Thank you. Was there anyone else? You're sure? (laughs) Okay. Ronnie, you're up first. Tina S., you are going to be up next. Take it away, Ronnie. Okay. Uh, thanks so much, Sally. That's a hard job. Um, good morning, everyone. This is um, this is Ronnie, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, what I love about this section is it says, well, you know, we may have had beliefs about God, but now we have our own personal experience, and that to me was amazing. Um, and it sort of reflected a little bit. <coughs> excuse me, about um, how when I'm in a dark place, I can live life where the dark place is I'm sort of uh, pulled back, hunkered down, and looking out and making decisions about the world and how it must be. The other one is when I'm actually through action. I'm not an observer of the world or life. I'm actually out there living, and the experiences are totally different. And I, you know, had um, I had ideas about God, and I think some of them were um, I have retained, but others were brand new. It was like a real working experience of God in my life. And, you know, the thing I'd say to newcomers on the line, if the God talk scares you, use a different word. But it has to do with, you know, you will have a spiritual experience that is absolutely unique to you. And you can believe it, and you can trust it. And what this process does is it just sort of clears out a lot of the stuff that clogged our own vision and our own experience of what that would be. And I always think about it as there's, you know, there's this idea that, you know, how do I go down the road of life such that I am the road? So it's the difference between observing and actually being. And what this has done, this program, it's just given me access to what is my own very unique and Ronnie sense of my higher power. And uh, what's beautiful, too, is that that has changed and grown and gotten more nuanced and broadened, and that is ever uh, evolving. And I'm speaking only for myself, but it's ever evolving. And uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. And, you know, we say that the primary purpose of our program is to, you know, like we we don't want to be eating. That's it. This is what's possible beyond that. And um, it is a beautiful uh, experience. And I just when I think I have a handle on it, something new happens and it broadens. And I'm sort of amazed and humbled, like, wow, I had no idea that was possible. And I just... um, recommend it enough. <laughs> so uh, anyway, thank you for listening, and I pass. Thank you so much, Ronnie. And Tina S., it's your turn. And Bella, you'll be up next. Thanks. Can you hear me? I'm having I problems with my phone here. Okay. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, wow, what a, what, what a great paragraph, and I heard so many really good shares um, prior, for the paragraph prior to this. And, you know, one of the things that I know, I think it's a couple of paragraphs before it talks about the best reason that we do this step is because if we, if we skip it, we may not overcome drinking, you know, and, um, 
And that, that always sticks in my mind because there were several times that I skipped this step and I didn't overcome drinking or my compulsive eating, and uh, that was my experience. But, uh, you know, I loved what it talks about. And you know, the first thing it says, we pocket our pride. You know, I'm so glad that I read that because then I was willing to, to really just get honest and really to, to get rid of this stuff that, you know, that blocks me. You know, it says that we're on a broad hi- highway with our, with, this, with our spirit. I don't know, I'm paraphrasing. But, um, you know, that's what happened for me. That's my experience, and I experienced these promises. You know, um, you know, we can look the world in the eye. You know, I could walk down the street and look at you. You know, I didn't have to cross the street all that stuff. You know, I'm really, really grateful today, and um, you know, and, and with that, I'll pass. And thanks again for your service. Thank you, Tina S. And Bella, it's your turn. And Vasa, you'll be up next. Thank you. Good morning. My <clears throat> name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Sally, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. We can look the world in the eyes. Wow, yes. When I did this step and I gave it over to my sponsor, it was such a freedom. It was such a peaceful peaceful feeling because it was an opportunity for me to get out from the from the stage of blaming and judging, blaming and judging myself and others. And thank you, God, I have now the opportunity to, to live, to build myself, to be busy with myself, to accept myself, to, to know who I am and where I am, and not to waste my life and my time in destroying yourself, in destroying others. Today I have the opportunity to build myself up, and it doesn't mean that I have to destroy others. And, you know, it's, yes, I can look now at the world in the eyes because today, you know, I clean my own house, and I want to live in a clean house. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I, if I have to clean my house, is because I am bad or not smart. No, today I build myself up because today I am connected to a loving power, to accepting power, and today I have the opportunity to accept myself. Yes, I know I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. And today I have the opportunity to choose one day at a time to be better than before. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Vasa, it's your turn, and Kim G, you're up next. Vasa? Sorry, I was muted and talking. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Sally, for your service, and I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And when it came to this step, I took this step like I did Step one, two, and three. I can't, he can't, and I will let him. And I was ready and willing. Uh, in, in order not to go back to the food, for me, I was ready and willing to park at my pride and go through with it, even if it didn't feel comfortable. 
And to me, honesty was the key. You know, I needed to be honest and talk about my character traits and uh, and and my about my secrets that I was going to die. I was going to bring them to my grave. And it was just so amazing. And uh, we, we feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. What a freedom I had experienced at that moment. And um, and I just recommend, you know, I know I, had, I was afraid. I was afraid to do it. But I kept on asking my higher power, please, give me the strength. Give me the courage. Give me the wisdom. And it was just amazing, the freedom that I experienced. And I wish that this offer anybody else. If you're afraid, do it anyways, you know, and God will give you the courage to do it. So thank you, everyone, so much, and I'm just going to listen. Thank you. Thank you, Vasa. And Kim G., you're up, and Amy G., you're up next. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. God, I get chills reading these promises. You know, the biggest one for me was we can look the world in the eye. You know, in college, my college roommate actually called me the chameleon, and I was proud of it because whoever walked in the room, I became a totally different person. Because as a young child, what I learned is if I can become who you want me to be, then maybe you won't leave me. So what I realized, the biggest promise for me was this, because I didn't realize I never looked anyone in the eye because I was always trying to remember who would you want me to be, what lie had I told you, how I had to be consistent with that lie. And when I went through this work, I learned that being Kim was enough. So now I could just be me and I could pay attention to what you were saying. I never paid attention to what anyone else was saying because I was always so worried about what you thought of me. You know, and one of the things I do with the, with the people that I work with is after they do their fifth step, we go through these promises. I ask them to take it into meditation for the next week, whether the paragraph or line by line. And I ask them to call newcomers. Call newcomers. Share the hope. Share how these promises are coming true in your life. Because I don't know about you, I, just, I went on vacation a couple weeks ago, and I love vacation. But you know what was great, too, was when I came home talking to people about my vacation, sharing my experiences with other people about what my vacation was like, and it made my vacation even better. So that's what it is. We go through this work, but it's in sharing it with another person. We learn the third step. I'm witnessing to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. So witness to what these fifth step promises are meaning to you. And another thing, I love how this work is living and breathing. And I heard a speaker say something that was my experience, but I never heard it in words. And he said that every time we take a fifth step, we get to experience these promises over and over again. That's true. Every time I take a fifth step, I'm taking one on Sunday. So excited because these fifth step promises come true for me as someone who takes a fifth step. You know, I also remember hearing a couple years ago someone saying that she never felt a part of AA until she took 25 fifth steps. And I thought that was crazy because I don't know about you, but in the first 17 years I was in OA, I probably took three fifth steps. But I have to tell you, I've taken well over 25 fifth steps, and I think that is true. My experience is the more that I take people through this work, the more I feel a part of this, this fellowship. I'm on that broad highway and over is anonymous because I am helping others, because I am taking fifth steps. And now I average one to two fifth steps a, a month, and that is the greatest joy of my life. Why? Because I get to see someone else wake up to these promises, 
And also, too, I get to experience these promises every time I take a fifth step. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Amy G., it's your turn. And Charmaine S., you'll be up next. Can you hear me, Sally? I can. Oh, great. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I am a recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Maryland. Now, it's interesting. It says here we pocket our pride and go to it. You know, it doesn't say we pocket our fear. And I, I think it's really important that they say pride. They, you know, you've heard again and again, at least I have in this program, that this is about ego reduction and um, the understanding of, you know, true humility. And I truly believe that one of the reasons why we feel the nearness of our creator during our fifth step, and it certainly was the case for me as well, and hand in hand and feel that sense of an experience is because, I mean, I don't know about you all, but I still had pride. I mean, even with all that I did, in, you know, in active compulsive overeating, my pride was either I'm better than all of you all or I'm worse than all of you all with such pride, negative pride, if you want to call it, negative ego. But when I illuminated every twist of character with another human being, I too could look the world in the eye because there became balance. And with that balance came humility because I wasn't trying to play God. So when they say we pocket our pride, that's what I had to do. I had to pocket not only my fears, but in a major way, my pride that allowed me to illuminate every deficiency, every twist of character so that I could join the human race and be open to a higher power. That's why they say we begin to feel the near nearness of our creator. That was the case for me because I stopped being the one who ran the show. And by illuminating it and confessing it to another human being, I started to find the true definition of humility. It talks about that in step five in the 12 and 12. The definition of, of humility is a clear recognition of what and who we really are, followed by a sincere attempt to become what we could be. And that's exactly what happened for me. I still feared that one of my biggest fears of doing a fifth step was to be judged, that I would be judged and humiliated. Instead, I was loved, accepted, and found the true meaning of humiliation and a seeking to do more and be more of what I believed God wanted me to be. It gave me my first thought of purpose and ability to carry a message to maybe someone else down the road. It gave me hope. And it gave me acceptance of myself. I could finally look the world in the eye. Perfectly, no. But I felt all of a sudden comfortable in my own skin. And I don't know about you all, but that perfect ease and peace is something that I wanted more than anything else. Why? Because I was restless, irritable, discontent. I could never live in my own skin because I couldn't see myself in any balanced perspective at all. And step five comes around, my big fear, and yet I think I'm going to be judged. Instead, I start to feel comfortable in my own skin. And that is the grace of this program and how this program works. And instead of wanting to hide from myself, I then wanted to continue to get better. And that's what this program is about. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And Charmaine S., it's your turn. And Melissa, you'll be up next. Yes, hi, thank you. My name is Charmaine. I'm a newcomer to Vision for You. Um, I'm just so grateful for the program. I I never really uh, been excellent in school, and I always wondered. I said, oh, my God, why can't I concentrate? I guess I went undiagnosed with um, some 
disabilities of ADHD. Um, but I, I really want to be diligent and study this, um, this path of, um, the, that I'm on right now with um, the AA book and vision for you to help myself and build the uh, self-confidence that I need. I am just so happy on page 75 when I said we decided to um, who we were going to talk to. We waste no time. Um, that um, that we are eager, and I was I was that. I'm I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, I explain, you know, the process that I'm going to go to, maybe to the significant other family, and that this is really is to me a life or death errand towards uh, lightening my burdens in life. And uh, safety and deliverance and trust of who I'm going to give that to is so paramount to me. And also, I, I like the part when it says that we illuminated every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it sounds so poetic, um, Shakespearean. Um, and then I, I like, again, that pocketing the pride, pocketing the pride and embracing the uh, closeness of the universe and I was just like, wow, this is blowing my mind to begin the spiritual experience we so long for to have with our higher power walking hand in hand. And, um, and I'm like, now I get to embrace the creator of the universe. I am beginning to be unblind and free from bondage of self, um, God who has, is lifting uplifting my uplifting me excuse me from the pit of my own dark desires of destructive temptations uh, of food of men of um, emotions that are misguided and um, or self-seeking or manipulative so without my power I got a very hasty waste uh, I mean a very hasty and, and just I don't know how to describe a checklist that um, that has no, I mean, has a lot of errands in it, errors in it. So uh, with this reflection, um, it's the, the 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 person that wrote that part, um, just really the exploration and the highlighting, the self-disclosing um, and wanting the moral, wanting that moral clarity. That, that wanting to be honest and truthful, awake in their conscience and aware of who they are. And, um, and I'm like, wow, that is powerful to me because um, you, you really want to try to be that truthful person. Um, and, um, and so the reflections to the road of peaceful tranquility is what I'm on, and I'm grateful for this, and um, thanks for letting me share. Thanks for sharing, Charmaine. And Melissa, it's your turn. And Harper, you're up next. Hi. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. I'm so grateful. Um, you know, the idea of pocketing my pride um, was terrifying to me, you know, and um, because I thought pride was a good thing. You know, you feel proud, feel proud, but... Pride was um, a block. It was an obstacle. It put the wall up because I had to protect something that I didn't even have. You know, that's really for me what pride has turned out to be. I had a, a belief about myself, an image about myself, an idea about myself that I was fighting um, to 
pulled up to keep preserved, and it didn't even exist. You know, it was so such a lie. Um, and I was really only lying to myself. And so, you know, when I sat with my um, sponsor the last time I really went through this, um, I knew I was on a life or death mission, and um, and I was really screwed. And I think that for me made it real easy to say, I have no pride anymore. You know, I'm cheating in a way I, I don't deserve to have pride. I'm, I'm, I'm not treating myself with any dignity or respect. What kind of pride is there? And um, and so I had to um, stop worrying how this person was, what she was going to think of me, and even myself, what I was going to think of me, because there were dark, you know, twists in me and crannies and things that I didn't like and I didn't want, I certainly um, didn't want to admit it myself, but I didn't want to share it with another person. And, um, you know, one of the most powerful things my sponsor had asked me, um, sort of as like a passing question was, is there anything else you really think you might need to say? And, oh, my, that really opened it up for me. And, you know, we sat together um, in a church, actually, and, and out of my mouth came, you know, I lost my pride. I let everything out, um, and it was a, a truly God experience because um, I walked out of that building that day, and it was like the world had a different view. It, it the trees looked different, the sky looked different. I felt different. I felt a level of honesty, and so even today, sometimes with the little fire in me comes back because I like people to think about me a certain way. Um, but I'm reminded, you know, um, I, it doesn't matter what other people think of me, especially if it's not based on honesty. And that, you know, that's what imprisoned me. I don't want to live in bondage of the food. I don't want to live in bondage of lie. I just need to be um, one of many on that broad highway. Um, and that way, when I live that way, the food is not for me. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. And Harper, you're up. Hi, this is Harper. Good morning, everyone. And Rebecca, thank you so much for your synopsis of these paragraphs. It was very clear and wonderfully illuminating. And I have, I'm walking on the broad highway today. More is being revealed. I thought I was getting every nook and cranny in my fifth step and my multiple fifth steps that I've given to my sponsors, but more is being revealed and the broad highway is widening and it's so great to be walking with God today to be turning down the Harper show and letting the God show be on all day. Such a wonderful, wonderful right to live. I'm so grateful to my disease for bringing me to this program. I'm so grateful that I that I get so much out of sponsoring people and hearing their fifth steps. But that'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harper. And would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Hi, this is Anna G. I'd like to share. I I want to tell you I can barely make out your name and your I'm sorry. Um Rhonda D. 
Rhonda, now I can hear you. Is there anyone else? Larry. Larry? Leah M. Leah, anyone else? Okay. Rhonda, you're up, and Larry, you'll be up next. Thank you. This is Rhonda D., a recovering compulsive overeater. And um, I just did my fifth step earlier this week. And I'm not experiencing the, you know, that sense of relief or that connection to my creator and that um, feeling like perhaps the compulsive overeating problem has been removed from me. And it's, um, it's been a very difficult week. I've been very physically ill with a lot of nausea, diarrhea, and chest tightness, and I'm still feeling a lot of pain over some of the things. I made a very honest inventory and throw and shared it with my sponsor, who was very gracious. But um, I kind of feel like that, you know, there's this big wound now that's been opened, and I don't really know how to <laughs> manage and so I appreciate the stories of those of you who've gone before and have found your way through this. And um, I see the strong connection to those first steps and how the need to really have a higher power you can trust in and really feel that that higher power is a loving and compassionate higher power that can help you through, I guess, you know, if I don't have food to cope with this, I'm a little bit in the midst of the sea, I guess. So um, just wanted to share, and uh, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Rhonda, for sharing that. Larry, it's your turn, and Leah, you're up next. Good morning, Sally. It's Larry uh, K., Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thanks for uh, thanks for your service. You know, on the one hand, um, change is the most natural uh, effortless thing in the world, you know. Absolutely, you know, nothing ever remains the, the same. You know, I mean, I mean, even you know, you look at mountains; they're, they're some are eroding, they're growing. Even mountains change, and everything about you and I is changing as well. And yeah, I mean, whether whether I like it or not, you know, my my hair and nails are growing. The hair is thinning a little bit. It's getting a little grayer. You know, it's changing. And this step also is about a process of change. The whole darn program is about change. And what's um, what's interesting to me is that when it comes to when it comes time to choose and act on needed change, um, sometimes we we get cold feet. You know, we we stall as long as possible. We we postpone action. Um, I made excuses. I really was trying my best to preserve the status quo because it was a, a status quo that I I knew, even though it was painful. It was somewhat predictable to me, so I stayed stuck in the quicksand. And this step, um, we just can't postpone. We can't, um, you know, we, we we can we can con- continue to stall, but then we'll remain stuck in the quicksand, you know. So step five is about like all these steps, it's about yearning for something different in life. You know, eventually we have to initiate this practical program of action. We have to initiate this process. And each step is is a sequential piece of it, right, towards change, towards becoming more aligned with the higher power of our own understanding. So hopefully your guide is not letting you postpone. I, I, I'm glad that 
that I had, uh, you know, a, a sponsor, a guide that didn't let me postpone any longer. I mean, of course, we're, that's up to us. Or basically said, you're not ready. You know, Larry, you're not ready. And it wasn't a sarcastic statement like, oh, I'm going to try to uh, get him to change by manipulating him and tell him he's not ready. No, my actions told you I wasn't ready. I postponed, I evaded, I all these things. We have to, if we want to change, if the pain gets great enough, we'll change. And this is just another step in the process. It's not a plateau. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. And Leah, you're up. Thanks so much. Um, you know, I know this is a step that makes uh, people shake in their boots. Um, but it is a, it's a necessity. It's a necessity uh, to move through these steps and move through them uh, quickly and thoroughly because, you know, as it says here, uh, you know, we pocket our pride and go to it illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Um, those secrets that we want to keep to ourselves, that shades us from the sunlight of the spirit. And you're abstinent at this point, of course, because you wouldn't go, you know, you've been abstinent from the beginning, right? Um, but the light begins to grow dim, and then it gets blocked completely, and our disease returns, and those secrets, you know, have become a cancer that erodes at whatever effort you've mustered together to get to this point, and of course, the obsession of the mind comes back, and you're back in the disease again, and we see that over and over and over in the rooms. So, you know, it is necessary. Did you write down everything that came to your consciousness about resentment, fear, and sex? Have you kept any secrets? And did you read everything that you wrote down? Did you read everything that you wrote down? Because step five, it's like the roto-rooter that cleans out the sludge that's blocking each one of us from the sunlight of the spirit. And when we've done this work correctly, according to the text, then we have access to the light. Then we have access to the light. And, you know, the words come to me, you know, from chapter uh, seven, you know, working with others to watch the eyes of men and women open with wonder as they move from darkness into light. And that's exactly what I see as a sponsor when taking people through step five, is you do see the darkness begin to fall away and the light beginning to shine. Because some people have not disclosed some of this information to anyone, and it takes tremendous energy to hold a secret, tremendous energy to hold a secret. So I just, uh, you know, if you do not have these promises uh, that's spoken about in this paragraph, go back. If you can't answer yes to those questions, go back. Redo your step four and then do another five. And because maybe you'll discover new resentments and fears in sex conduct because the work is taking you to a deeper place. And through this process, we're placed solidly on a path of spiritual development, and we're introduced to a life that fosters harmony with those around us, and most importantly, harmony with your higher power. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Leah. I'm going to ask Elaine B. to read the next paragraph for us. Elaine? Thank you for your service, Sally. Elaine B. recovered in Massachusetts. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour 
carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book excuse me, down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we've omitted anything, for we are building an ark through which we will walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put on the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? Why are those important those questions important because the whole thing's going to come crashing down on our head if we didn't. I love this opportunity. I I love many people I've heard they literally put the book on the shelf so they can take it off and they can say I followed these these uh directions explicitly. You know, our goal is to have a new outlook, a total change. Uh we may have had certain spiritual beliefs, we want to have a spiritual experience and Growing up in a place where if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all was the rule, you know, we don't, we don't want to tell. But we're beginning to actually walk out a whole new way and find out that that isn't going to make the world in the sky crash down on us. But what will make the world in the sky crash down on us is if I miss something, getting to this place. And the, the book is so gentle. These steps are so gentle. They give me an opportunity to go back and and explore, to poke around a bit, make sure this thing is firm because we want to walk through it a free person, you know. And if I feel dis-ease and discomfort, then, um, you know, then there's something wrong, there's something more. And I can sit with God and reveal it and, and ask God to reveal that to me, you know. Is my first step firm? Is my second step firm? Are these promises coming true for me? Am I getting the sense of, um, of, of peace that I was looking for? Peace, perfect peace and ease. You know, that was my goal. That's what I want from the food. Um, so, you know, each, each step we want to go back and just up to step five, we want to go back and just check it. And if we... If we find we miss something, we get to just pick up the phone and tell whoever we have chosen to give our our 12 step to, I mean our fifth step to. And we get to get that cleared out of the way and then we can come back and say, was that it? Was that all? This is the time, this hour, making that call, finishing this work before we move on. And that's the goal, to finish every step to the best of our ability before we move on. And if we do, what is the promise? We're going we're gonna to walk through a free man. We're going to begin to have a spiritual experience and a totally new outlook on life where we don't have to hide the dark things. I had a lot of practice telling the things that everybody else did. I had a lot of practice even sharing the things that I did that were bad, but I didn't share my part. I wasn't able to say out loud, this is what I should have done instead. This is what I've discovered about myself. I have dumped out the trash can that is my life, and I'm going to leave a lot of it behind. And thank God for this program. With that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. And we've got time for just one share. Um, is there anyone with a burning desire to share on this paragraph? Because we're going to return to it tomorrow, I promise. Monica? Monica, thank you. <laughs> Good morning, Sally. 
Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater here in Florida. So here we are in the chapter into action, and we've been studying, doing step five. And here in this paragraph, I am, I have, I'm being given some very explicit directions of what I need to do after I have just finished reading all of my four-step inventory to the person that I'm giving it to. And it's, it's saying here, I need to take an hour, a quiet hour, a meditation, you know, quiet, and review. What am I supposed to do? I'm carefully reviewing what I have just done. And I'm to be thankful for God for having me brought me here this far. And he has shown me a lot of things in my four-step inventory. You know, I came in here, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I couldn't see what I couldn't see. I had distorted lenses, and here, you know, my lenses are changing. I'm I'm starting to see things differently. So they tell us to go take our big book and go through the, the first five proposals. What's that? The first five steps. And pray. We ask, have we admitted anything? I'm to pray. Have I omitted anything here? And I was told to ask myself this question. Monica, is there anything that you have been resistant to share that you haven't shared? Is there any guilt that you haven't shared? Is there any secret that you haven't shared? Is there any shame that you haven't shared? Because the big book has told me here a number of different times that if I withhold something, I'm going to eat again. So I took the hour. And then at the end of the hour, I was instructed to call my sponsor back, and she asked me these questions. You know, have you, have you done this? And at that point, I then um, told her what, you know, what I needed to say and what God had revealed to me, and then we could go on to steps six and seven. But, um, you know, there is, you know, you've been cleaning your house. You know, step four, I've gone around and I've done this cleaning into every nook and cranny and I've gathered up all this garbage and I've put it in garbage bags. And here with step five, my sponsor and I have taken it to the curb. Is everything in there? What relief, you know, you walk back in, your house is clean. Woohoo! There was a, a big relief for me. Uh, that, you know, I had shared these secrets, these shames that I hadn't shared with anybody. You know, how amazing. I shared with another woman, another human being, things that I had never said to anybody. You know, that was growth for me. That was growth. And I thank you all for listening. I pass. Thank you, Monica. Thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. I would like to invite you to please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I will ask Rachel N.M. to read for us a vision for you, beginning with, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Rachel N.M. I'm a recovered compulsive reader and anorexic from Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.